What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of ScreenSpeak, the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. As always, it's Jordan Anderson. It's me, the guy talking into the microphone, the one that runs this whole ship. Yep, that's me, Jordan Anderson. That's who you're hearing right now. So first off, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for coming by and listening to this particular episode of ScreenSpeak. And if you've been here before, well, nice seeing you again or nice imagining you here again because I I can't really see you, uh, but I'm picturing you here listening to the sound of my voice, listening to me talking about in this episode Bopper and Me with the Johns. I'm picturing it all and I I think you're liking what you're hearing. So I'm just going to continue on as if that's what's really happening. So thanks for that very, very much. Um, If you're new, if you're new to ScreenSpeak, well, thanks for coming by as well. You're just as important as the existing listeners. I, I I don't put it in any sort of category. You know, it's not like there's a long time listener award that I have here just yet, or any sort of a, a perk that I give to the people that have been here since the beginning. Though you could argue that perhaps that is something that I should do because I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts that do something like that. Um, some of them kind of package it into Patreons and things like that. Don't think I'm there quite yet, but maybe not as far away from that as you might think. So, am I dropping a hint there? Who knows? We'll just leave that up to your imagination. So, let's just pause for a moment here. Let's just talk about what's going on in in my life, because why not? You know, I'm, I'm the one that's doing all the talking here. I'm doing the work so you can hear me expound upon my life for a little bit before we get into the episode. Um, let's see. Newest things with myself, purchased a new vehicle. Yeah, a new car. Has not happened since 2015, and and you could also argue that it's never actually happened at all because the one that I had in 2015, it was not, in fact, a new vehicle. It was a used vehicle. So this is, in fact, the first actual, like, brand-new factory floor vehicle, whatever you want to call it. I don't know exactly how, you know, really new, new it is because, you know, technically they got to get it onto a loader and, you know, get it over to the dealership and everything. So someone's touched it to get it to go there. So it's not like I'm truly the first, but in any case, you get it. I got a new car. So that's been exciting for sure. A little bit daunting, honestly, you know, kind of scary in some aspects too, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a millionaire. So of course there's, there's a loan and, you know, some financing attached to it, but it's not, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. I think my wife and I made the correct decision in the matter. Not that you need to hear all about my auto stories and, and everything like that, but whatever. It, it is a thing that happened. New car. Um, got a lot of content that is in active progress right now that I am just really trying to get through and work on as soon as I'm humanly able to do so. Uh, but this is a good problem to have for ScreenSpeak, so that is, is, is good. Yeah, I guess that, that's, all I, that's all I have to say about that. It's good. Uh, let's see. I have content still pending from the Iowa Independent Film Festival. This one that I'm dropping right now is the third conversation from my series that I recorded there that I've since titled Voices from Iowa Independent Film Fest. Isn't exactly original, but it does get the point across. So that's what this episode is. But I still have more coming from that festival, so definitely stay tuned from that. Uh, another thing that's come from that festival is also new guests, um, not actually just from that festival, but also from a couple other places too. I'm actually going to be recording, uh, I want to say at one or two podcasts, one for sure, second one possible, and then I'm just continuing to kind of go through my backlog and just get content out to you as, again, as soon as I'm able to do it. I, I wish I could just drop an episode every day, 
but I, I don't tend to work that quickly because when I do drop stuff, I want it to be uh, the best it can possibly be and not just give you something that's half-assed. I, I, I will not do that. So that's what's happening with that. And another thing, probably the last thing I'll say as far as updates go, and then I'll go ahead and just get into the actual content itself, is to tease, drop a little bit of a tease for episode 100 of ScreenSpeak. I put the call out there, um, either in the last episode or the one before that, I can't quite remember, that I'm looking to do something special for episode 100. Still looking for some ideas on that, so if you are willing to and have some time, do go ahead and drop a comment on the comments, uh, either in the podcast service that you're listening to, Spotify, Apple, and all those things. They tend to allow comments now. I know most of my episodes do, so you can always try it there. You can always likewise do that on social media or send a direct message to the Instagram or the Facebook or you can do it through the email for the podcast. All of those things that I just said are in the description of this and most any episode, so just take a look at that if you're interested in doing that. Um, But I'm looking for ideas. Still looking for ideas. I have a few that I think I'm settled on, and I'm I'm just kind of convinced that I'm going to be doing it. But, you know, there's a lot of time that can happen between now and when I do the actual episode 100 special, so... Definitely let me know what you're thinking on that because I really want that episode to really be something that's, you know, tailor-made quite literally for you, the people that make this podcast possible. So definitely, definitely let me know. Okay, on to the actual introduction for this episode. Who do I have on? What are we doing here? Let's get into this. So I have two guests on this episode of the podcast named John Cumberland and John Young. So first, let me tell you about a little bit of each of them and then why they're really on here. So both the Johns are on here to talk about the documentary that they worked on and made together called Bopper and Me. So the little bio for Bopper and Me is about a scrap metal merchant, which is John Cumberland, not John Young. They go by Big John and Little John sometimes. Apparently, I don't know if that's in the in the filmmaking community or just when I was at the festival itself, but that's what they go by because one is taller, one is shorter, and the shorter one looks, I guess, a little bit like Elvis Costello. They, they talk about that a um, couple of times actually in the documentary, strangely enough, and then they make some light of it uh, in the Q&A portion I saw at the festival. But in any case, I digress. So the story is about a scrap metal merchant being John Cumberland, who travels from England. Both the guys are from England. And they travel to America on a mission to get John Cumberland's hero, the Big Bopper, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I will put in a trailer, a little little trailer clip here in a little bit for the documentary just to give you a feel for it. But all the information on the documentary can, again, be found in the description of this episode. So that includes its website, the IMDb for it, I'll put the trailer for it, information about both the Johns, all that good stuff. So definitely, again, check out the description of this episode. Uh, But let's see, a little bit more about the Johns. I mentioned they're from England. John Cumberland himself, he's a scrap metal merchant from a place called, uh, I might be butchering this, uh, Shilden? Shilden? I'm so sorry, John C., if you're listening to this. I, I, I didn't ask to get the pronunciation of the place you're from in England, but that's what the web told me about you. So he originally got interested in the Big Bopper when he was, as far as I can understand, looking for... Uh, an advertisement or looking for some slogans of some cases and big bopper if you you know that are listening to this even know who he is you might know that thing that he puts in some of his songs where he says hello baby he does it pretty similar to that 
And John C., he heard this and he was like, oh man, like that's the sound. Like that that's what I really want to use. Let me go ahead and do that. And I think it did well for his business. So that kind of led him down the early road of getting familiar with who the Big Bopper is, also known by his real name, which is J.P. Richardson. And so then from there, he spent a lot of his free time and money exploring the Bopper's legacy and really has ever since, which I want to say this is around 2016, 2017, give or take, could have been before that for all I know, but I'm just going by the documentary's timeline. He's been leading the campaign to get the big bopper, J.P. Richardson, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ever since. Uh, he also has, uh, I don't know if he co-founded it, but in, in some part he founded a, a music studio uh, that he has. I want to say it's back in England. I also could be mistaken on that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in England, called Junkyard Dog Studios. And they have a specific focus on that era in particular of music being that 1950s uh, true rock, some would say. And they specialize on sound recording and mastering music production at said studio. So that's a bit about John C. himself. Uh, Let's see. Moving on to John Young. John Young is from a different area in England, uh, Sheffield, England. That one's a little bit easier to pronounce. I think that's correct. We'll see. And he was not at all in the film or anything like that. In fact, he went to school for engineering. And for a big chunk of his life, that's exactly what he did was engineering. But all during that time, he's always held a a passion for the arts. And for many, many, many years, he's been really good friends, arguably best friends with John Cumberland. So he kind of got involved, I think, just as like a loyal friend aspect of it for John C. and seeing how much this meant to him to get his musical hero inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that's kind of how he got involved with the documentary and he's been helping in a lot of respects to, I mean, just keep John C.'s sanity in check, I would say. And then also just to be some moral support and really, you know, help him keep his fire lit for for getting this quest of his uh, complete, which again, still in the works right now, but a little more on that later. Um, John Young himself, he, he is an artist himself. He, he does uh, a lot of custom artwork, it looks like. He designs things, uh, custom work for like, guitars. He's done some canvases, uh, done a lot of really interesting things, even has like his own artworks gallery that you can look up here in, guess what, the description of this episode, so definitely check that out. Um, but both, both of them are very, very nice. They are very nice people for sure. And it really was a treat having them on the podcast, especially since they came all the way from England, uh, to be at the Iowa independent film festival. Hello, baby. There's a scrap metal merchant who's obsessed with the Big Bopper and wants to get him inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We had a great time meeting John at Sugar Hill where Bopper, he recorded uh, Chantilly Lace. He's a nut, you know, he's a lovable nut. Hello, baby. (laughs) Oh, you sweet thing. John wrote the lyrics to the song Bopper and Me and and I, I put some music to it and tip our hat to the Bopper. But hell bent to relight the big bopper's flame. Will I what? Will I Any 
any band that was anybody traveling through the uh, the Midwest or the United States came through uh, and played the surf. It was it was high on on the list of places that that people wanted to play. So many people came up and they told me, you know, I was here. I saw Buddy. I saw Richie. I saw the Big Bopper. I was here. And there's this look in their eye when they tell you that, and yeah. it's magic. Let me talk a little bit more about who this Bopper guy is. Like, like who is that? Because I'll be honest. I had no idea who the Big Bopper was before this documentary. Really didn't know. I Once I started to get familiar with him and kind of understanding the connection that he had uh, towards the end of his life with uh, Buddy Holly and, and was it Richie Valens? I think I'm saying that right. Uh, then it kind of started to you know become more clear to me because the place I was at, um, I don't know why I was about to say, oh, pun intended, but you know the place I was at, it's Clear Lake, Iowa, clear to me. It's, clearly an overthought joke that we're going to skip past right now but let's see (sighs) where was i at i kind of started to ramble a little bit there so let me talk about this bopper guy who is he what's going on with him so the guy's real name is jp richardson known as the big bopper i can't remember exactly why they call him the big bopper if the documentary talked about that or if that was just something that his friends called him I will clearly have to watch the documentary again or look up the, you know, just look up his Wikipedia page, frankly, and get the information. I'm not going to do it right now because I just, I want to get this introduction done so I can get into the conversation and have you all get into it as well and enjoy it. Uh, But for now, what I'll say what's most known about the Big Bopper is the fact that he was on the plane that Buddy Holly and Richie Valens was on when they died uh, in the, in like the late fifties, early sixties, somewhere in that time frame, I could be completely butchering it. But again, I just, I don't have the facts in front of me right now. I'm just kind of going with what I remember on the documentary itself. Um, so yeah, definitely historically uh, significant, uh, event, not just for music, but of course for the state of Iowa and where I was at clear Lake is the actual place that the incident happened, which incidentally I found to be pretty cool that they were playing the movie there. I don't think it's the first time that they've shown it, but it may have been the first time that they showed it in that specific location, which historically significant wise and kind of tying that all together, I thought that was actually a really cool choice on their part to go ahead and do so. And I'm glad they found a venue to be able to do it there at the Clear Lake Theater there in Clear Lake, Iowa. Um, Thoughts on the premiere itself when I was there, I can definitely say it was one of the more packed shows that I saw at the theater. Um, There was a lot of silver in the crowd, if you get what I mean, a lot of of older folk, and and I'm not trying to say anything negative with that, It's, it's just an observation when I was there, and it's not really surprising given how long ago the stuff with the bopper happened, being 64 years, something like that, give or take, and so it's like I get why a lot of the crowd there would be older, but that didn't make to me at least, the the viewing be really any different. It was just of an older subject matter. Um, but I thought it was interesting for sure. Uh, I didn't really tell you the truth, know a lot about that plane crash to begin with. Didn't really understand the really the talents of Buddy Holly and Rizzy Valange, but most mostly the bopper. I, I really didn't know much about the guy. And in the documentary, they do a pretty good job of just laying out who he is, Um, why the Johns, particularly John Cumberland, feels he's so deserving of being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, like they state the case pretty well as to to why they think he should be there. And whether or not you agree with him or not, it's kind of aside the point. I think the passion from the Johns is what came through in the documentary. And I think it's what comes through when I talked with them 
at the after party, the first after party at the Iowa Independent Film Festival. So I really think a lot of their passion came through. They were great with the audience uh, that I saw with them. Uh, they would be, you know, answering questions. They were even uh, selling some posters, I think. Um, i trying to think. It wasn't very much. It was like maybe five bucks a poster. And it had like the, the main John signature on it as the, you know, makes sense because the documentary is all about him. And yeah, I mean, like it, it was, it was really pretty cool. Uh, they had a lot of people that were signing, um, adding to a petition. I don't think it was a fresh petition, but they've been gathering signatures for a while to try to send those to the rock and roll hall of fame to show that there's, you know, there's a, a, a an outcry, a voice, if you will, of people that are wanting this person to have their place be cemented into music legend or history all through the rock and roll hall of fame. So they were getting signatures for that. Uh, I believe I signed it as well. So Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if you're listening to this, you can see my scribble on there somewhere saying Jordan Anderson. So I'm there. Um, Really enjoyed the conversation with them. I mean, they're really fascinating people just in their own right. You know, I mean, outside of the film and whatnot, I just think they're interesting people. They kind of have that vibe of the people that know each other a little, little too well, but they can just get under your skin that much easier because they know, as as Robin Williams says, I think, in the movie Goodwill Hunting, all the little peccadillos. Just a fun word to say, peccadillos. Not sure if that actually has a meaning or not, or if that's just something that the late great improv master himself came up with. Hard to say. Uh, but I really enjoyed the conversation. They're both English, so I mean, I don't get to talk to people from across the pond that often. So when I do, I mean, just accent-wise, it sounds silly. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to appreciate someone more because they have an accent, but. I don't know. I mean, I talk with a lot of American people. So if I can talk with someone that's not from America, I actually really enjoy it because their life is, it's already more interesting just because their setting is so different from mine. Uh, So there's a lot that I can learn from them just by talking with them. And I, and I think I did. Um, But I got to go back again to the passion, the passion that these, that these two guys have. Uh, They clearly have passion for the music and I think they have passion for music history as well. Which that's always an interesting thing when you think of history. I think some people can think of that from just like a political standpoint, a you know, a patriotic standpoint. If they're if you're American, you know, you're thinking of American history. Uh, but music history is certainly uh, certainly an interesting topic that a person can choose to spend quite a bit of time in, and certainly not not even be able to learn everything that's out there because it's a very dense subject if you get into music history. But very interesting hearing them talk about that, but I think the thing, if I had to you know, just really simplify this and say the thing that I appreciated the most from talking with them is that I felt the love that they both had for this guy, the Big Bopper, who, again, up until that time, I'm like, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know why he's important. And that's sort of the thing I walked away with is like, even if it's not somebody that I myself am, you know, overly familiar with and, you know, very passionate about, I can certainly see the point that they're making about why they think a person should be deserving of getting the recognition on the level of being inducted into a Hall of Fame. And I think that raised about a lot of questions and thoughts in my own self of like, you know, just what makes something, you know, what what are, what has to check all the boxes off to get put into that category? And is it always right if something is put in there or isn't it? I mean, because music, like anything else, is extremely subjective, I would imagine. And the people that are judging the criteria of that, I imagine they have their own pretty 
critical things that they look at something through to deem whether it goes in there or not. But from the fan level, it's like, I, I don't even know if that matters like all the way, to be honest. I mean, even like the journey that the Johns go on, whether or not they ever get him inducted into the Hall of Fame, I feel like at this point, it's it's almost kind of irrelevant. I mean, it would, of course, be phenomenal for them. I mean, like it would be the guy's dreams come true. I mean, I would I would love to see it happen just for them because I'm sure they would light up like a Christmas tree if it did. But on the other hand, it's like going on this quest, going on this journey, I feel like that's kind of the destination of this thing. You know, they've connected with so many people, so many fans of the bopper, um, clearly have left an indelible mark in the Clear Lake, Iowa area. And I think a lot of the people there responded to it. It sounds like the Johns actually go back there during the uh, winter dance party that they do up at the surf ballroom there. I want to say that's in February. And I, and I think actually, yeah, I think they're actually doing it again this upcoming February. Cause I know the gentleman talked to me about that, um, on the podcast. So you'll have to listen for that. And I'll put the description again for that in the description for this episode. It's like the eighth time I said that. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I feel like they've, they've touched a lot of people already with the documentary. And if nothing else, even if, you know, on paper, he's never inducted into the hall of fame, which I never say never, it could happen. Enough people now have been educated onto who this guy is. And, and I think they're doing what they can in their own way to help more people appreciate somebody that was taken away far too soon. And there's something to be said about somebody that can die, you know, decades ago, long, long time ago, very long time ago, and still hold such a special place in a few, you know, a few key people's hearts. And these people are key to to this guy's legacy. Um, you know, I mean, the family himself, like it sh- they showed in the documentary is interesting, like the guy's son. Um, got close with these guys. They they made the they made the bopper son a, a promise, which the bopper son is, is now sadly passed away. But they made a promise saying that they're going to try to get him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I don't know. It's just I mean I may, maybe I'm biased just because like I talked to them, but just from you know sitting down and having a conversation with these with these guys, I just I felt for them. I felt for them, and I and I want them to get it. I mean they're putting a lot of their own time and money. Uh, and resource and, and reputation all into, you know, getting this guy from decades ago that, you know, f- frankly, a lot of people right now probably don't care about. Um, but these guys care an awful lot. So I really think if nothing else, if you do get a chance to see their documentary Bopper and Me, I would check it out. I did try to ask them if it's going to be premiering, um, you know, like on, I didn't say like streaming services, but is, excuse me, I didn't say streaming services in particular, but I did ask like if it's easy for people to find. And right now, um, it's mostly in local or you know Midwest-based. I want to say film festivals. So maybe one day they'll get it to be released online, or maybe if you're lucky enough, you can connect with the guys or see their film uh, at a premiere. But if nothing else, just do this for me, okay? Just just humor me, humor the Johns that I have on here, and do this for them, okay? Look up the Big Bopper. Watch the trailer that I have in the description for this episode. Just check that out. See if it interests you. See if it interests you and go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Learn about this guy. Learn about Clear Lake. Learn about the surf ballroom. All of it. Maybe you'll find it fascinating. Maybe you won't. But if nothing else, you'll take away from this conversation that real real fans, like real fans of an artist, their legacy, uh, uh, an artist's legacy can be felt upon fans, not even in this generation, but generations across if they're doing, you know, if they're leaving the legacy in their own right. I, I, I'm i not saying that correctly, but I think you get what I'm saying right now. 
So all that being said, I certainly have talked enough. It's been a longer introduction on this than I typically do, but there was a lot to unpack here, okay? So just 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 sit back, enjoy yourself, enjoy the conversation I have with the Johns, and see if it makes you want to listen to the Big Bopper's music or just look up the man himself and just see what the Johns are doing. See what they're doing, see if you're interested in it, and let's get this thing started, okay? Here it is. Here's the conversation I have with the Johns on Bopper and Me. John and John, right? Yep. Now, yeah, how, big, how John, I, big John, little John. Middle, bit, what, how, who's, who's big? Me. John Just Cumberland. purely because of height? <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. is it? Yes. It, we well, if say- it was the size of my head, it would be him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, it's, it's cute. Yeah. And I like your guys' hats, by the way. Thank you. Thank Are you. you guys always been hat wearers like that? Uh, well, really, so this you guys is... And- oh. oh, no, you're good. Yeah, you're fine. So you guys this is nice. See you next time. I don't know. That's why you know these, the big... Wait, I remember them. The, these the big butler's cousins, yeah. <laughs> yes. Good night, darling. Good night. See you. All right. Yeah, we'll see you at breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Okay. You guys are going to be okay. at the breakfast? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, I don't know anything sure, about Jordan. it. He knows. I, I'll, I'll talk to we're, we're, we're doing breakfast at, at the hotel for sure. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. hotel. That's the breakfast. <laughs> see you then, Dom. Okay, darling. Good night, Pat. Good night. Good night. Thanks very much, Dom. You're good. Thank you. Sorry about that. No, no, you're fine. Yeah, the hat. To, to be honest, yeah. this hat I'm wearing, I bought this in Nashville. This was when we, we were filming. To, when we were filming. Okay. You know, in the movie, you heard John in the car saying, can you come out to see me? And I said, well, I'll fly out and I'll fly to Nashville. Yeah. So I flew to Nashville and I was actually there a day you early. You with an American accent there, mate. Just talk normal. You do in Nashville. Well, do you have an American accent in no, Russia? No, oh, I'd love to hear no, it. No, he puts it on. Oh, you do? So I flew yeah. to Nashville. <laughs> yeah. No, no, don't do that. Just talk yourself. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to do it, I promise. No, don't talk like that. I flew, I flew to, to Nashville. I, <laughs> no, that's wrong. I flew to Nashville and I'd got a day spare. So I decided just to have a walk around, went down Broadway, and there was a Gurin hat shop. And I do. I do like hats and I wear them home, so I thought, oh, I'll go in and have a look for a hat. Yeah. Went inside, staff were great, we got chatting, told them why I was there. I was meeting my friend who was making a movie about the bopper, and I started trying hats on. And eventually I found this hat. You found the, one that fit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it fits well, though, because yeah, I, yeah. I say that because not everybody, I think, can pull a hat. I know well. that. Yeah, so but the guy said it doesn't work for John, it. No, but so, the guy said to him, Jordan, he said, look, this is the last chance. If this one doesn't fit, you're going to have to the box it came in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm trying them on, and eventually I, I put this hat on, and the guy, there was a guy stood at the back of the shop. He said, that looks great. And I said, all oh, right, thank you. So... I, and I thought it looked okay myself, so I, I, I bought it. Anyhow, I said I just turned around, chatted to this guy, and he, he said, "Oh, I said, oh, are you local?" He said, "Yes, I live here. Uh, in fact, you know, I've got this book. If you want me to sign it and buy a copy or whatever." So I said, "Well, can you sign it to John Cumberland, my friend who was here for the movie?" So he signed it, and his signature was Chris Christopherson. <laughs> no, seriously, and I'm yeah. thinking, "Oh my God." You know, when I got outside, I didn't realize it because I was sure. just sort of a bit, all right, thanks. And I thought, that's Chris Christopherson. He's just said he liked my hat and yeah. he signed the book. 
you know, I, I didn't go back in. I just walked off. Right. So that's the Did story like of uh, this hat. So this, is, this has stayed with me throughout the movie. So I've worn that. it, and that's why I've got it on now, because <laughs> I just think it's my lucky mascot for our movie. And you, I you, don't know where the book is, though. You know, well, you lost it. <laughs> No, no you did. You lost it. Did I? We left it oh, somewhere. Oh, I was thinking. But anyhow, you know that that was yeah. the backstory to my to the hat that I've got on now. No, I love it. See, like that's why I ask because, like, you never know. There could be a great story no, with a piece of clothing. It's intentional. Well, I, I always get wear it. fedoras. Normally. Yeah, John, yeah. He, he's only got that because it's summertime, and he'd, he'd normally bring one and of these. I always because the big silly hat. Obviously, I, I you know. So I gotta ask. I mean, I have a lot of questions about this movie, uh, Bopper and Me. Yeah. Right? Now, be honest, okay? Bopper is before my time, okay? Never. I, right, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. I'm 32 years old. Wow. And, you know, I, I know who Buddy Holly is. I yes. do, like, just from, like, my mom yeah. and my dad and yeah. stuff like that. But I admit, Big Hopper, I didn't really know. Yeah. yeah. Now, I feel like when I heard the, you did the, the hey, baby, like, I can't do it as well as you did. Um, yeah. Hello, baby. There you go. I like that. <laughs> when I heard that, I feel I'm like, okay, I know I've heard this. Yes. In, in different songs that I didn't realize was from him. Yes. Now, I guess kind of the first question I have, and people ask you this, like, you know, kind of why you became... You know, interested in the music. I'm not going to ask you that. I'm actually just more interested why you felt compelled to go on this journey, like literally come here to America to start this this journey to try to get him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not why you're a fan, but just why you felt compelled to do this yourself. Yeah. Well, I had a scrap metal business, and we used to advertise, and we used to. I used to write advertisements, and I used to get a guy on the TV in England. Um, and he used to voice over them for me right and he did one or two which were okay and um, then he just won this day I asked him to do something he said well I don't talk like that you know and I said well I'm paying you three thousand pounds to talk like that and I thought I'm not going to do any more right and then I used to think I could sing but as you know you've seen the movie my wife thinks I can't sing I don't think she knows what she's talking about. Thank I think you, you very much. <laughs> Cheers. That'll do me. Yeah. I'll get yeah. hundred books later on. Just hang on. And um, so anyway, I um, I said, look, and I want a catchy tune. Yeah. So I'm listening to stuff, and it was the fifties. It's got to be the fifties. You know, it's got to be rock and roll. It's got to be. Yeah. And then I'm just thinking, and then and then all of a sudden the telephone ring. Hello, baby, and I thought that's what I want. That's the one I want. Right. And so. I got the actual tune, I got the lyrics, and I changed them. I changed the lyrics of the song. And um, and then a guy who worked for me rang the, the, the radio, Star Radio it was at the time, mm -hmm. the Northeast Radio, and he said, the boss wants to do his own advert, but he wants to sing it. And the guy said, well, you know, I'm not sure about that. And as soon as he came through the office, and he said, and I just did the big hello baby thing. Oh, he yeah. said, I love that. And then he heard it, he says, we'll give it a go. So we went to a recording studio, recorded it, and it was the, the most listened to thing on the radio for three months. Really? It really, really was. And um, so after, he said, you've got to do another one. I said, okay. So again, 60s music, so I'm listening to Chuck Berry, I'm listening to this, and then yeah. the next one was... On the banks of the river stood running bare. Mm -hmm. That's the one I want. So it was whilst I'm changing the lyrics to that one, <laughs> to the guy diving in to get a scrap car out the river instead of saving this Indian maid. Um, so I thought, right. And I did this other one, and that 
J.P. Richardson. I thought, hang on, he wrote Chantilly Lace. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then I found out he wrote White Lightning. I thought, that's even more amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I found out he wrote Beggar to a King. And I thought, wow, you know, these are hit songs. And uh, and that got me intrigued about it. Then I started to read about the, the Winter Dance Party. Yeah. And then I <clears throat> realised that the sun was doing the Winter Dance Party. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what hit me then. And, and then I thought, I don't know what it was. And I just wanted to do something about this guy. And then I found out, and then I found out that Jay's son was reenacting the Winter Dance Party. Yeah. John Mueller was taking the part of um, Buddy. Mm -hmm. um, I forget the chap. I don't know. I can't uh, the, remember. And the they guys. had somebody else taking the part of Richie. Mm -hmm. And um, but Jay, JP's son was actually taking the part of the Big Bopper. Okay. And so I thought, wow. And obviously, I'm in my own little world these times, you know, and I'm thinking, I'll email him. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, though. I thought, right. will I write a book about this guy or something? Because I didn't realize. Yeah, you don't immediately jump into, I'm going to make a documentary no, and like, yeah, oh, no, go no, down that road. Yeah. Right. I, I wanted to know more about him. So anyway, this day, I came home and got a phone call and it was J from, uh, he's on tour doing the Winter Dance Party. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful day and I'm just talking to him. about 40 minutes I'm talking to him. you know like we'd know for each other forever right and so I'm just discussing and we talk about different stuff and he's talking about his father this is father that and he said but you know John he said my life's ambition is to get my father inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I like everybody else said surely he's already in the Rock and Hall of Fame right. no he's not mm -hmm. and that is the start of the story sure and uh, so he was the instigator really come over here john we'll talk and we'll get the family involved and we'll do this we'll do that and i just thought wow great and then i wrote this song the lyrics sent them to him and then i got an email back from his daughter ashlyn and um, saying my father would have loved these but i'm sorry you passed away so jay passed away you know, so now it's it, 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 it. I was just like, I had all these plans, and I thought, what can I do? And then I thought, and that was it. I thought, well, it's finished. Right. And I don't know what it was did it for me. I think it was something on the table. And I just said, I'm going to do this in his memory. It's just, you know, like, I mean, there's a lot of thoughts that go through my head when I hear that. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm somebody that mo movies speak to me greatly, yeah. you know, and art and music does in general. I mean, I, I have bands that I, I don't know if I could ever say I'm as big of a fan as you are on that, mm -hmm. where I would yeah. go to the lengths that you've gone, but I don't know. I think it just speaks to a person's legacy and how somebody from such a long time ago is still able to have this ripple effect even mm -hmm. today Definitely. because like when we were like in the screening together you know i noticed i mean frankly a lot of the audience was a little bit older which is to be yes, expected absolutely. because they they understand that time period mm -hmm. stuff but still 64 plus years yeah. whatever it is yeah. mm -hmm. and it had such an effect on you that you took it upon yourself to do that i mean that has to say a lot just about the man or, or his music i mean that's powerful and you know something if I'm sat here now, to be quite honestly, I don't know how I'm here today. I didn't intend to do what we've done. Right. I just thought, I'll get a guy with a mobile phone or something. I thought it was easy. Yeah. I thought, I'll just get a guy, and I'll, I'll maybe just get the followers, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. I didn't realize 
yeah. what it entailed. And um, sure. you've seen the movie. Yep. You've seen how my family react to it. Yep. And that's that they're not play acting. That is true. Yeah. My wife thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> where where is she right now? Back in England at home, waiting for me to go back and then she's gonna fly to Dubai to see our daughter. <laughs> my daughter thinks I'm a lunatic. Oh god. <laughs> My daughter wouldn't even let her husband see the movie. She's you just had the one daughter? Just the one? one daughter. Okay. She's gorgeous. Right. She lives in Dubai. Okay. She has the life of a queen. She has a lovely husband. I mean, God and, bless that, yeah. And she never, she wouldn't show her husband, so I, I let him see it at Christmas when she was gone to bed. And he loved it. And um, I think, to be fair, yeah. I think John will back me up. You know, we have a bit of banter and... and I do uh, like your guys' banter. Yeah, it's fun. Yes, but I think I think deep down they're really proud of us. Yeah, I like the, they absolutely are. John. I, like, I just want I like to interject so. here because yeah, I like feel free, because yeah. John obviously he has problems at home with with the movie. I mean, nothing. I don't mean other things, and it's difficult for him to talk to Kath because the reaction sometimes is not what he wants but you know that she is proud because i've spoken to her personally and privately yeah and, and she is proud of what he's doing I, of course it, it can get on anyone's nerves i suppose where he's constantly talking about it right but, you know there'll be nobody prouder than her if, if we achieve this goal of getting this guy inducted i can tell you that and well, i think now that's my main passion i'd love to I'd love to prove them wrong, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That, that's my... I think uh, uh, we've got this far. And sorry. And if it wasn't no. for John and the likes of Amy and people... Uh, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for John because I, I as I say, I've had a lot of um, heartache and... I think it's been difficult for John um, no. because he can't talk to anyone about it, uh, you know, the, and it's, right. it's it's only probably me, and that's not because, you know, he can't talk about it at home, so he can't say, well, I think I'm going to try this, right. because it's kind of, well, what are you doing that for? It's a waste of time. So, he could, it, to, be, to be honest, he's left some of it to me, not because... Yeah. He doesn't care or anything. He knows that I can get on with it. I, I, you know, I can sit in my own little world sometimes, and that's where I, you know, I contacted Film Freeway, and that's why we're sat here now. Right. And, and you know what I mean. And I, I've tried to keep it going for him because I believe in it for him. I've seen him. I've seen him do it. You know, with we've had heartache between ourselves we've argued about things you know that's life and that's what friends do right. you know what I mean I, I have to tell him some home truths sometimes that he might not like but what I'm meaning is it's all for the greater good of sure. the movie and him and and you know I, there'd be nobody prouder than me if, if if we see this movie you know if we see the end product being what we want I'll be over the moon for him because well, there's, a, there's a couple of thoughts that are going through my head right now with this is I mean one you know, not on, at all the same level. I'm not going to try to like relate to you 100 percent on this. I, I, I'm not going to get no, there no. with a, with a particular artist. But no. you know, I, I could say for myself, I do understand the lonely road it can be sometimes to care about something tremendously and feel that you're alone in that. Mm -hmm. That's not an easy feeling to live with, no. especially with a significant other like your wife and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's definitely not easy. 
at the same time, though, too, if you do really care about something, it doesn't, like, financially, it's not always going to make the most sense. And obviously, like, some people will, you know, they'll reach, you know, they'll say, like, have you lost your mind? Like, what are you doing? Like, yep. how do you get any money out of this? Yep. Like, there's all, all these questions, you know. I'm yeah, sure you're, you're right. right. You're absolutely right. We've right. had this problem. We, yeah. when we first started, I, I don't know if it's an English and American mentality, but we contacted Jay's family. Yeah. And um, as I say, the daughter and everything, when I said, look, I want to do something, it was great. And then, you know, the question came up. I think they thought, you know, I'm doing this for money. Sure. And, and it was more or less what's in it for us, so to speak. And I said, you know, I'm not doing this for any monetary value whatsoever. Right. I have a business. I make money. That was my business. But this, yeah, this, you said me, you were in scrap metal, right? Yeah. Scrap metal, yes. Yeah. And I made a good living. And... And this, it, it's a passion. And I don't ever think that this sort of thing should ever be taken in monetary terms, you know. Yeah. I would be a complete idiot if I thought I was doing this to make money. Sure. You know, and, and I would, I'd be a complete <clears throat> idiot to think somebody's going to come along and say, look at here, there's a lump of money for your movie. Right. I'm not so naive. What I wanted to do is make something that people like, and somebody comes along and says, wow, I think other people are like this, would like to show it. And if it achieves, all I want to do is put another little part in that puzzle to put another step on the ladder to get JP inducted. I don't, you know. I, I do want to talk on this briefly, just the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which you guys, of course, touch on it throughout the documentary. Yeah. Obviously, it's sort of like the goal, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, it's the holy grail, I suppose, if that's, right. you know... But I guess what I want to know is somebody... I mean, of course, I'm familiar with what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, but mm -hmm. why is that the pinnacle for for this for the bopper i mean like getting him in there i mean like is it just for the simple like notoriety of like he's in there and people will socially accept this as like I he is royalty his, now i promised his son i'd get him in and i'm gonna make promise. a promise i never a big promise right and i believe he should be in sure there's no other reason and the family you've met two of his cousins here today yeah they couldn't believe and they get emotional about it. Yeah, and they no, couldn't I, they, believe they were emotional. I mean, the, they were emotional. Yeah. And they couldn't believe that somebody, when I first met them in Beaumont, they said, why are you doing this? Surely. Barbara, unfortunately, her husband died a couple of years ago. Yeah. But he was here, Jim. And when I first met Jim, he was so skeptical. He said, why are you doing this? And I could see him looking at me, this guy's wanting money or something. And I tried to explain. Unfortunately, Jim came out with Barbara for the first and only time, this is the second time, Yeah. but Jim came out, John was there, and he, he was here for the week, and we went to the winter dance party every day, and we took him out the crash site. Yeah. And he went home, and before he went, he spoke with John, and he said he loved it, and he appreciated why we were doing it. Yeah. You know, that answered that question. Yeah. Now Jim's no longer here. In fact, Barbara came back, because before Jim left, I had a leather jacket made with a big bopper on the back, painting on the back. Yeah. And I gave it to Jim as a keepsake on the way home. Now, Barbara's come back this time and brought it back for me because Jim passed away and there's nobody else in the family that fit. And she said, I think you should have it back. So we visit the crash site um, on Wednesday, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wore the jacket because Jim was there with the jacket last time. And uh, Yeah. 
was just uh, when we come back here John and I we're so welcomed I mean we're here now at this time of year yes the weather's nicer yeah it's very nice yeah the movie is being played which is fantastic for us yep but it doesn't have the same feeling as the winter dance party I yeah I would only imagine that obviously especially after watching the documentary I understand the significance of that location Mm -hmm. and kind of going back to what I was saying about something of a person's memory being carried 60 plus years obviously still resonates deeply yeah deeply with the place here now but we're still talking about 64 years (laughs) what does that say I I I think Jordan if I could just interject here yeah please (laughs) this is you know history is we all go on about history and when I meet people from the US whether it's in the US or in Europe you know they'll say oh well in Europe you've got so much history and you these you know they're, they're so old these buildings and what must have happened yeah. and and but you guys invented rock and roll let's let's just start with that one that's part of your history yeah. the fact that it's only 60 years ago is irrelevant you know what I mean and I just think that He's part of that history, yeah. and he should be recognised along with the other people. And yeah. and and and, that, and my, you know, I, I just think that it's important that he is given that honour, if that's the word to use, or induced. You, you know, I think it. No, I think it would be an honour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I, you know, it's it's interesting because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I don't know if there's a trophy or something that goes with it. I, 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 don't, I don't believe there we is. We don't know that either. But right. I, I, but, but I do think there is something to be said though about an institutional or uh, recognition. Yeah. Of somebody's a, a, absolutely, work. Absolutely, that's correct. Yeah. You know, and there would be nothing better than that guy being inducted and being honoured if it's for his family, and yeah. also if it's for John. Because he, why has this guy from the northeast of England had to come six thousand miles <laughs> to tell you guys that you've, you know, you've made an error here and mm-hmm. it's an injustice, as it says in the movie. Right. This guy has not been inducted. Please tell us why. And going back to the Rock Hall of Fame, I've tried to contact them on numerous occasions yeah. and heard nothing. And then I contacted them before <clears throat> six weeks ago before the. Yeah. But John, when we got to John, know, you're still getting fobbed off. I'm no, sorry. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just sorry. telling the story. You email them time and time again, and you get this back. Oh yes, we're trying this. We we flew to Chicago. We usually come to Minneapolis. Right. We flew to Chicago on the understanding we thought that this guy was going to see us, and then oh, sorry, he's too busy. Right. No, I'm sorry. Kept getting blown off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, this- we were going to fly to Chicago then drive to Cleveland to see this guy. This guy, by the way, is Greg Harris. I mean, we, we should name him. I'm, I'm not ashamed to mention And you name. mentioned that that's the, the, the CEO, CEO, right? And no. we, were, we were talking to his assistant, and well, I was talking to his assistant by email, and it was all very encouraging, and then it suddenly went cold. And, um, you know, we don't... Whether it's because we are Johnny Nobodies, if that's... And I don't mean that in a a bad way but you know what I mean we're not people from that business we're not, we don't have contacts high up and, and they just think we're a couple of cranks trying to you know trying to make something but out Jordan, of this it yeah. doesn't matter if it's us or it's somebody else we're trying to put right a monumental wrong yeah this guy wasn't Buddy Holly we're not trying to say he was Buddy Holly sure 
But at that particular time, he was at the top of the tree. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, he was the I man at the that. top of the tree. At that particular time, people came here, like Sherry, like Sherry was saying when yeah. she was talking. She came to see the big bopper. She didn't know about Buddy Holly or Richie Valens. Right. At that particular time, this guy was the big guy. But, but the thing is, Buddy Holly, yes, was a great songwriter. He was a great singer. Yeah. But we're talking about a guy here who invented the music video. That one was a point I was going to bring up where I did not know that. Right. I mean, I, of course, like a lot of people, I love music. It's, it's proof. great. It's proof. It's not. Yeah. I'm not here, sir. You've seen it there in black and white, and that's in English. Yeah. Newspaper. Yeah. Now, I have copies of that disc magazine. Right. And I can assure you, Richie Valens, Woody Holly, and the Big Bopper. The Big Bopper has two massive issues. Buddy Holly has a mention in one or two. Richie Valens does. But he was the number one guy for us in England at that time. Right. And so there's four categories, we say. The radio, he was the top, one of the top DJs at the time. Yeah. He was noted as the top DJ at the time. Possibly, if it wasn't for him, we may never have heard of Elvis Presley. Because a lot of people wouldn't play Elvis's music. But he would, and he had a massive coverage. And as I say, as a writer, writer he was a great writer. And he was a great singer. He did everything. He, he was, in every category, yeah. he, he is in there. So he's at the top of the tree in every category. Not one, not two, but every category. And he was an innovator. He was an innovator. How old was he when he when he died? 28. 28. 27. You want to 28. Oh. Yeah. That's wild. But he was the oldest, you see. Richie Valance was 17. 17? 17. Yeah. But he was wow. 21. So, I mean, the kids. The pilot was 21. God, these you know, were kids. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah. think they were that young. Oh, yeah. But these yeah. were kids. Wow. You know, so, so I think, and how can the difference be where Buddy Holly was in, was in well, put it in the Rotten Hall for him, yeah. the first, you know, with Chuck Berry, Elvis, rightly so. Fifteen years later, Richie Valance is inducted. So why, how can 15 years make a difference? Right. You know, why weren't the three <clears throat> inducted at once? No, well, that, but but the influ- just yeah. just, just John, John's right what he's saying. But fair enough, Buddy Holly. N- nobody can deny the fact who he was. So they inducted him early. Richie Valens got inducted really because of the film La Bamba, and and that I believe not that he didn't deserve it, but sure. I believe the connections in the industry were there. And obviously, as time goes on, J.P. Richardson, the big bopper, was just forgotten, right. and, and there was nobody screaming anymore about the injustice that you know why is he not in right. he, he sort of got left by the wayside until you know 2015 2016 john cumberland came along and said oh hold on a minute what what's happening here why is this guy not in mm-hmm. you know and, and really that is the truth you know it was 2016 around that time where he, this guy came along and said well why is why this why won't they talk to us right are they frightened They've got a lot of bad... The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have had a lot of bad publicity. Well, okay, I I have to ask a couple more questions about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame specifically. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not familiar with their selection process Uh and what they do. Is there a formal, like, application that gets filled out? Or, like, I guess, like, do they induct people every year? Like, how often do they put people in? Well, they induct... They have a selection committee. Okay. that, that, That... they sit down and somebody will throw various acts into the ring, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, you know, then a committee will sit down and look at these names and, and decide on a 
then you know a smaller number the public get a vote um, supposedly um, but that only counts for one vote anyhow you know so that right. the public can vote and, and and they get one number and then obviously out of that they sit down again and decide who's going to be in so that's the process for acts who are still with us to be honest that so that's right. live acts that um, there are also two other um, ways of getting in there the the Amat Urchijun Award and he's the guy who started the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and that would be for someone let's say like yourself Jordan you've spent 50 years in the business you know and, sure. and some and they decide that it's a lifetime award to you right. because and, and and that's the Amat Urchijun Award and then the, there's an award for those who've been forgotten would this fall under that? Absolutely. Well, th- this is right. it. This fits right. J.P. Richardson exactly. It's an award. They sit down. They think, well, where have we gone wrong here? Who have we, mi- who have we missed out yeah. that should be in? Now, J.P. Richardson is the prime candidate for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's so. It, it's open for them to sit down. It's a committee meeting, like any committee would. Sure. And say, right, who have we got on the injustice list? You know, let's put it that way. Right. And th- there might be a load of names and JPs there. And to be honest, there is no better candidate than JP Richardson on yeah. that. To be list. fair, John, to be fair, yeah. what I would like them to do is sit down and watch the movie. I'm sure that would help. Yeah. Great. I would like to see them all because we're not all educated. Like you say, you didn't know this. You didn't no, know I did that. Not. I didn't yeah. know this before I set up on the journey. Sure. You know, and this is the sort of thing. So it's all right us saying it should be in there, but they don't know. So you don't know we, what you don't know. No. So, I mean, no. if, if everybody who's on that nominating committee now sat in a studio or, you know, a movie theater and saw the movie, yeah. at the end of it, then have the discussion. Isn't that something to say, though, just about the power that movies can have on people? Exactly for a reason like this, because yeah. otherwise, where are you going to go to? Like, you're going to have him just listen to a couple of his songs, oh, exactly. maybe send over some articles, Jordan, right? Like, it's not the same. 100%. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, this movie is a vital tool in explaining to people why this guy should be in. Yeah. I mean, that's my personal view. Having watched it again tonight, of course, you know, and I've seen it on a number of occasions. But I sat watching it tonight with a semi-critical eye and, and listening to the points. Mm-hmm. I, I know we've made the movie, and I, I know that there can be some bias, but I don't want to be biased. I want to be truthful. And the points that are raised in that movie by John and by other people as well who are in the movie. Think yourself too. You know, but <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, I'm, I was I went along to help John. He's my friend. I wanted it to be right for him, yeah. and I wanted to, you know, and, and he knows I'll always tell him the truth yeah. about things, and and he, he respects that, even though. He doesn't like it sometimes he respects it but that's true friendship Exa- absolutely yeah. that's what we've said before but what i'm meaning is i watched it and i'm thinking this is a bloody a, a bloody good film sorry for oh you can you can swear like you, you can swear if you, you, you know to. what i mean and this shows that this man should be inducted and that's that's all i can really say you know what i mean yeah. we, we we can talk till we're blue in the face and sometimes it gets a bit I'm monotonous sure. even for us you know i think i'm saying the same things over again right you know what i mean and and it's hard to keep that flame alive yeah, abso- I, I get absolutely. that John, yeah. the thing is that gets me everybody and i mean almost everybody apart from people of your age but people who are getting on in yeah t- sure and i say look I'm getting him in the rock, trying to get him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They say, well, why is he already in? 
And then, and then no. And he's not. <laughs> no. But they're just taking it as, what do you mean he isn't in? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have 500 top records. Rock and Roll records. I was going to ask, like, how many are actually in there? I, I don't even know. But these records, we're talking about the top. What well, they, the well, they consider the 500 top Top right. record records, records for rock number, t- uh, number 10 Chantilly Lace Okay Okay You go in their shop They're selling Big box records Yeah You know I've been I bought a record in this I know they do I'm not speaking out of turn mm-hmm. Yeah um, And You, you, you know it's, it's amazing You listen to some movies And like you know, What do you call it Tom um, Cruise, Cruise yeah. all of a oh, sudden yeah. he starts singing Chantilly Lace and a pretty face <laughs> and a, you know and you know we have people like Jerry Lee Lewis had a number one hit with Chantilly Lace and but the likes of White Lightning George Jones is the biggest country star compared yeah. to Hank Williams you know and he's his number one his first number one hit was White Lightning right you go to his museum as soon as you go in there's bottles of White Lightning for sale yeah. We're talking about things here. People, people in Nashville didn't realise he wrote that song. You know, and he, and it's just, it's. I'm trying to think of the word now. You know, it's getting late. I'm 65 years old. <laughs> He's a forgotten man in lots no, of ways. No, I'm trying to think what of the word, mean? John. When you think of, of this particular man, he's one of those people who. You know the songs. Right. You love the songs. George Jones, that's a George Jones song. Mm. But you don't always attribute it to Bob. No, no. that's right. You right. know, Running Bear, oh, that's a Johnny Preston song. Right. But they didn't write it, but he did. You know, and yeah. the guy, well, we can go on to him blue on the face. All I can say is it's a travesty. And um, he, in my eyes. Yeah. And I would just like to see for their for the family. Yeah, please. I would really like to see for the family, more than anything, just to see him put in there, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, when I die and they die, nobody's going to give a shit about this. To be fair, I think the thing is, um, no, John, they won't. No, John, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not no. But all I'm you. saying I'm, is, I'm, if we get him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, people will walk around and say, yeah. They may listen to one or two of his songs and and think, you know, it's the only thing, the only time they will is when a song like Catch It, somebody else, somebody else, a good band records one of his songs. But, you know, you know, you could say this about a lot of different artists, uh, a lot of different mediums and whatnot. You know, ultimately, the work is only as good as the audience response yeah. and how uh, the fans really receive it. Yeah. Right. That's what makes legacies too. <laughs> makes work endear and last. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the boppers have yeah. certainly done so. I mean, I've never been to Clear Lake, Iowa before, but I mean, I felt that energy even before the movie yeah. was playing. Mm. I, I, I could yeah, feel great. it. Um, and to me, you know, it's the highest praise an, an artist can have is knowing that when they're long gone, not the bit, everybody's the gonna remember them yeah. for sure. Yeah, of course. But they will have left an indelible mark on the people that they yeah. made that music Absolutely, for. Yeah. So maybe sure, not everybody is going to remember it, but I think enough that it made a difference through will will remember it. Yeah, of course. And then that inspires other artists of course. to show that their work actually matters in this creative mm-hmm. crazy industry that mm-hmm. people are in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I came across it by accident. I came across it. You know, Happy accident, right? Well, yeah. 
Well, to me, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah. But, you know, it can, it's rather controversial, accident. Uh, Buying think- a company... You know, if we had never bought that scrap metal company, yeah. this would never have happened. Mm. Well, there's, that, that's, there's lots of that, but I think just going back to the fact that this, you know, the story, you know, in the USA, there's a rock and roll hall of fame, which we know, which is in Cleveland. Sure. And rock and roll, let's say it started in the USA. It's the birthplace of rock and roll. And three of the people who were involved in that birth died tragically yeah. in a plane crash along with a young pilot and two of those people have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that was that created That is very strange when you was, guys brought that up in That a, was created in the USA for Rock and Roll stars right. The third one has just been left out Why? Yeah. And that's the, that's, that's the question we want to ask the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Please tell us why this man if they ever uh, did give an answer would it i mean would it help but you know i mean, I, think of course, I, mean of course it would help but i mean like what like what kind of answer would you expect but jobs we made a mistake to, and we'll do it yeah <laughs> yeah it's as simple as that you know that but yeah. if you go to the surf ballroom there's a plaque there yeah. and it says three legends of rock and roll that died that day right three legends not two it yeah. says three legends Right. So, and therefore, the highest institution that judges music should also qualify Don that McLean, as three legends. Yes. Don McLean said rock and roll has never been the same since that day. I like that you tied that in there because, of course, I'm familiar with that song, but I didn't realize the direct tie in with that. So that so was that an added song, level of appreciation. That song is about the crash. He heard that, that and day. And I had no idea. He was a newspaper boy and he heard about the crash. Yeah. Yeah, it and is about Holly, yeah. That was his hero. It's crazy. You know, and. But that that gets me, and you read that, and but it, it, you go to the surf ballroom, and it says three legends, not rock and roll legends, three legends. So how can he be a legend right. and not be in the rock and roll hall of fame? Yeah. He's either a legend or he isn't. You give the man his credit, basically. Yeah. But he was rock and roll. They just they're about induct Dolly Parton, Eminem, <laughs> and they have all these rap yeah. artists. That's not rock and roll. They were no. rock and roll. It's music. It's great. And possibly they need. They should be inducted. Right. But why should they forget the originators of rock and roll? It's fair. Yeah. That that's that's the real injustice. And and I know it goes back to the start of the movie where yeah. it says injustice. And it genuinely is an injustice. And I think that that needs to be corrected. And somehow we have to get in front of these people or this person whichever it may be at the rock hall and ask them that question outside of film festivals um are people able to find this documentary where can people watch it at the moment no because obviously with festivals um we can show it for free sure there are a couple of copyright issues that we have to resolve okay so therefore with the music yeah with the music it's not it's nothing serious but nevertheless whilst it's being shown at festivals for free there's no issue and we hope that when one of the TV stations that we talked about before, yeah. like PBS or Channel 5 in the UK, yeah. take it on, that discussion will come up and I'm sure those is- issues will be resolved. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that there's no major issues. So at the moment, it's purely in festivals you know okay. what I mean we, and we want but I think to ke- people get the, the you know they get the point yeah right? that's we want the main to, thing we want to keep it that way at, at the moment and we you just know, want to distribute it we want somebody to come along say right we'll take it on 
I've done the work. We've done the work. I've paid the money. You know, maybe yeah, that. Yeah, they've got you know, so I'm not asking, yeah, yes, I'm not asking them for money. I'm it's not, finished. I'm not, I'm not Jordan, asking them. It's, it's, I'm not saying, look, I want to yeah. sell my movie for this. Right. I want somebody to come and say, look, we'll show you a movie. We're going to show it right across America. We've shown it in England, and it was great. It just it, like the same as this, and yeah. everybody loved it. It belongs here in America. Is it safe to say that you are wanting justice for a person that you look up to as a hero? Oh, I mean, I, I feel like this is a person yeah. that you idolize. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. That's ultimately what you want. I think it grows. It, it, it's been a passion for John for a long time, but it's even grown on me working with him, making this movie with him, yeah. and learning more and more about this guy. It, you know, it is an injustice. That's absolutely one thing that I wanted to ask you guys about is your guys' friendship. I think I kind of wanted to end the episode on that is I, frankly, watching the documentary, I was pretty touched by your guys' friendship, not trying to get you guys to cry on no. or anything like that. No, I could kill him sometimes. But no, <laughs> yeah, you guys, it is a true friendship. And but, that, but that's what I kind of wanted to ask about is because, look, um, do I call you Little John? Is that yeah, what I'm yeah, supposed fine. to do? Oh, fine. I'm not going to call you Elvis Costello. No, that joke's going to no, get worn to the exactly. ground. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll forget that one. Yeah. But but I really think it's it's pretty big of you as a friend to see this. I'm assuming lifelong friend or yeah, long time a long anyway. Time, long time friend. Yeah. But not every day a friend would stick with you for this long and back you the way that you've done for him well, and I'm sure it hasn't always been easy but I just I, I, I admire that as far as a loyalty and a friendship I believe in it I believe in the movie for him he clearly is a good friend and like I said we have our moments we're not we, you know it's, it's like a marriage to some extent you know where <laughs> yeah. things you know some days it's, it doesn't it doesn't work right you know what I mean I, yeah. I'm talking about the movie side of it here because of away from the movie we're friends you right. know what I mean but but things happen sometimes and but but you can only show honesty and if you show honesty we get through it you know yeah. what I mean from both sides you yeah. know and, and that's that's the way it is and you know it's a passion for him and it's become a passion for me I can see that you know I and think I, the I, thing is he's the guy who he keeps it going you know he keeps it going he's the guy who gives me a boot when I get down and I think I don't want to do it anymore yeah. I, I've had enough because just because of you know the hassle it's not worth the hassle sometimes at home people would just give up and uh, I mean I don't give up at anything but no. sometimes I just say oh John you know I've tried I'm tired now I'm getting I want it you know it's gone on so many years well it's hard to self-sustain your own passion I Absolutely. mean like, even the most passionate of people and I get this because yeah. I've been there yeah, yeah. It, you have to work so tirelessly to to get yourself yeah. there and it's so I mean you, you can sustain for a good long time yeah. but eventually you're going to need help and you know the mm. trouble is we've been so close oh so and so I mean Sky TV loved it right Channel 5 oh but not Channel 5 Channel um, 4 was it BBC BBC Arts yes right. loved it we just made a one about Buddy Holly Okay. You know, and I, and I think I don't want people to say we loved it. I just want somebody to say, yeah. I, I, I mean, people who were in there today loved the film, and that was just the people who were in there. Right. You know, I don't. I didn't speak to anybody in there who didn't like the film. Right. So yeah, there's not many films or documentaries you can watch on TV and have a room full of people and everybody like it. 
Very true. I think the movie is interesting, heartwarming, heartbreaking, factual, and educational. And it's true. true. And true. It's and a that's the biggest thing. It's true. You know, when you saw John stood outside Elvis Presley's home with a placard, yeah. trying to get the bopper. Now, that to me is not tragic, but it. Th that's the passion. He stood yeah. there on his own outside Graceland's yeah. with a with a poster asking for people. Now you know th that is a poignant moment yeah. where, where he stood there for a few hours. You, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. that takes some guts as well. That's what I was that, going to say that, because you because you, you know damn well there were probably people driving by thinking he's a nutcase. Yeah, they're, they're thinking all kinds of things. They just see some guy twirling around. Absolutely. You guys make a commentary absolutely. on that. By the time I was finished, I thought I was a nutcase. Never no, mind them. I thought I was crazy. You're, you're you know? absolutely right because we yeah. might think that driving past, well, was he just stood there like well, that? Sure. You know, and it's only human nature. Yeah, it's human nature, and I think. That to me epitomizes, if I'm honest, that epitomizes the movie to me and right. his passion. Him stood outside Graceland's with that banner is something that sticks in my mind yeah. as, a, as a, probably one of the most poignant things I've seen. And I, 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 you know, I have to say that, and it is a bit emotional. No, of, of course it is. And, and you know what I think I'll try to wind this down on is I think. Ultimately, with watching your guys' documentary, with learning all I did about the bopper and obviously his effect that he had on you, yes. to me, an artist can only dream to have a fan like yourself. Oh, thank you. I mean seriously. I mean, like you're, you're not right, like, like you're not like you're some right. like you know psychopath that's yeah. like trying to do something crazy or no. weird or anything like that. You're someone that wants a person that gave art and and they gave moved, his life moved moved the yep. industry forward. Yeah, he gave his you life. You are wanting you him yeah. to get his due respect. Yes. And you're doing Absolutely. that because you care at the end of the day about his music. Yeah. And about what he's done for people and yourself, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, couldn't any artist... Like, what else I know, does what an artist more want? Do you want? You're right, Jordan. Right. Thank what you. more could anyone Thanks, want? Jordan. Appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that's... I think, like, that's the perfect way to end this. Is yes. just... Thank you. If your art is impacting people enough i mean god god bless you could only wish to have somebody as dedicated as yourself that's Thank trying you. to do what you're doing that's very and true. that's i think what the family sees too they do yeah. yes. they wouldn't have anything to do with oh. you if they thought you were no night. hey we, no. we are lifelong friends don't get me wrong we are lifelong friends i also think it's pretty damn cool that you sang at the clear lake the the surf ballroom there uh -huh. that's pretty cool yeah i mean just from like a pure fun level yeah. Yeah. that's fun oh yeah. no that's, you're that's right good. that's absolutely correct you know mm -hmm. It. it's been brilliant it's, it's brought us so many friends yeah and as I say you know to be fair yes the icing on the cake or the cherry on the top would be to get him inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame let me ask this say he's inducted yes. right mm -hmm. let's say it happens tomorrow yeah a lot yes. of fun what then you know I mean like <laughs> Who knows the answer to that question? Well, we'd, but we'd, we'll sit down with a big smile on our faces. I'll you guys tell you. would need to go out and celebrate. Yeah, we'd sit would down with a gin and tonic. The best gin and tonic I would. And we'd uh, just sit looking at one another. That gin and tonic. I think that, that seems to be your drink of choice because I remember you mentioned that in the dark too. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. I got to stop yeah. Yeah. Gin and tonic. Yeah, did. Yeah. I do like a gin and tonic. Yeah. You know, I just, well personally, if that day happened. Yeah. We would perhaps just look at one another and shake hands and say we did it. It was and, worth it. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh yes. It was, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no. If, if, that, if that day happened, 
I would yeah. just like to say, and I don't. I love my wife. I love my daughter. I, I just like to say, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> I told you so. Like you couldn't have seen it then, but believe me, yeah, we got there. Yeah, and I think likes of now, you know, like when when John applied for this, and I think so, I saw John's applied. Yeah, 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 and then oh, he, we're he in. can't talk to them. You we're see, in, that's you know. what I mean. He'll mention the fact that I've done I like, I, and I've kept right. it going. And, and at times, I've felt a bit guilty because he gets the grief from me doing the work. You know what I mean? He can't. He right. can't say anything to them. But so anything I do that's that's trying to help the movie for us, well, for everyone, you know, John can't tell them, and that's what that's what eats away at him sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just wants that. Oh, they, that's brilliant. You know, but yeah. but you know, I, I get that. As I say, it's it's a team event. It's it's a, it's a team. Amy Amy Eckard, she's an American girl. She's younger. She's only in the early forties. Amy, she was the dance instructor in there. Yes, right? that's yep, correct. Yep. Yes, She's helped Amy, yes. <laughs> Jeff at the surfer, and I mean, you know, we have a movie there, and we've got Sir Tim Rice in there. Mm-hmm. Sir Tim Rice wrote Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, okay. I mean, he is, you know, a famous lyricist. Oh, I mean, a he, mega. Yeah, mega, mega. I mean, he is a massive. I mean, he's big friends with Paul McCartney. But by the way, if I was Paul McCartney, JP would be inducted already. Yeah, I'm yes. not. You need to get somebody on the induction committee, somebody who's famous enough to put his name up there. Yeah. Mm. That's what it's all about. I spoke to the ex-CEO and I said, look, I've got a petition here with so many thousand signatures. He said, John... And you got more than that, I know that. Well, he said, if you sent something here with 500,000 signatures, it means nothing. We're not nothing. invested in signatures. Yeah. Nothing. nothing. That means nothing. You've got to get to the person who has a say. That's what it's all about. I didn't know this. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Sure. That's yeah, what it is. And I didn't yeah. know this. I, really. Well, if, I mean, how could you? In hindsight, I was rather naive. And possibly, if Jay hadn't died, which is, a, you know, this was the catalyst. Yeah. If Jay hadn't died and I'd gone so far and I'm talking to Jay and then this and that, and you think, well, and I think it was just the fact I promised, and I don't break a promise. Yeah. And I promised him, and I promised his family, and I promised myself. And, sure. And, and, and the more I get to know, and I know the big bopper in my mind. I know him. I know yeah. what he was like. He was a family man. And the best thing in that movie for me, it was when Randy Steele is there, and he said, "If he came back and shake your hand, John," and that to me, that's it. Last question. I swear, I have a bad ha- I have a bad habit of doing it. I say last question and then I, then I keep going, no, but no this this yet. will be the last because I I definitely thought this after Don't watching ask the movie. Me how much money it's cost? Please, <laughs> no, right, no that's I, okay. I, I, we, we will leave that to the imagination. Okay. Yes, but I am curious. Let's say Big Bopper hadn't died in the plane crash. Yes, he had gone on. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you think his legacy would have been? In I I'll mean, it's fun exactly. to speculate, but I'll I mean, like, where exactly. do you think he would have gone? I will tell you exactly what he would have done. Well, he was saving money up to get a string of radio stations. Yeah, you said he was pretty business-minded as yeah. well. He's very business-minded. That's what he wanted to do. And if you read about him, I think it possibly... His son, Jay, said to me, he said, John, he says, you know, you have Sky TV and you have this. He says, well, you may have been watching Bottle Vision today. That's how innovative this man was. Right. 
He was a genius. Very ahead of his time. He I was think a genius. Jordan, I don't think his musical career probably would have faded in the sense of when I say faded, I don't mean faded because people didn't like him anymore. Mm -hmm. He would have seen other opportunities. He would have and, evolved uh, and evolved into yeah. something else yeah. and something bigger. And, yeah. and that's no disrespect to you know what he was doing. No, but I mean, I think any true great artist changes naturally yeah. with, with yes. time, and, and they evolve yeah. and change well, their art. Bowie. Look at Bowie. There's how many faces did Bowie have? Plenty. You know, absolutely. And I mean, yeah. he was a genius in, in the musical industry. Yeah. But he was somebody who could change direction. You know, we're not talking about, yes, he's still in the music industry, but as I say, he started off as a radio guy, and he was in the army as a radio guy, and then he came back and his career was waning, so he thought of something, oh, I'll break a world record spinning discs. You know, that was pretty wild that. when you guys yeah. brought that up. Yeah, and I mean, literally, they, had to, he had to go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. exhausted. Good lord! Just and whilst he was in hospital, he envisaged his own death in a plane crash. No yeah. kidding. Oh yeah. So I mean, we're talking about things now. That that just, I think, wow. And but he, he was just thinking all of the time. Yeah. And, and at that particular time, he was even doing things that people didn't think of then. Uh, Gordon Baxter was a great friend of his on the radio station. Now in America, Gordon Baxter went on to be a great author and uh, a pretty famous author, writing so many books and he did a lot with aviation. And um, he was the guy who was in the actual funeral march and he was the one who spoke over it saying, my dear friend and that. And he couldn't go to the funeral, he was too upset. They were great friends. Yeah. But then they did that thing where they raced him with a wheelbarrow and then he, he had a car and one had a boat and you know, and, and he did things then, he was promoting things where people didn't think about he was one step ahead. Yeah. He had jackets with different names, he had three jackets. One was called Igor, one was called Zelda, you know, he had his name, one was a leopard print. You look at people like now and they get dressed up with leopards, where did all that come from? Where does, you know, but you get these guys like some prince and that wearing leopards, where does it come from? Right. You know, he said, <clears throat> quote me, you're not going to have to sound good, you're going to have to look good. And then he's on that video and he says, you know, you're not going to have a little machine by your TV, you're going to be able to record. This is like 25 years or something before the first VCR. Yeah. The guy was a genius, an absolute genius. It's it's wild to think where he would have gone had it not happened. But then, weirdly enough, at the same time, the untimely passing, the tragedy with the whole thing. There's a lot of things that happen with it that arguably would not have happened without it. Happened. Every cloud, yes. yes, of course. You I know, spoke to well, Jeff. we wouldn't be saying, would we? No. If, if, if he hadn't of course not. died, you guys the, wouldn't the, be doing there'd this. There'd be no movie that we wouldn't be sat doing the this. The ballroom probably wouldn't exist. It would have been raised to the ground. Right. Okay. Yeah. No. If it, that it, hadn't happened. People, thousands of people come here every year. Why? The winter dance party. Why? Because yeah, the winter guys. dance party sounds actually really interesting. I, I you never know. You've got to come. It's in February, right? February. That's what you guys said. Well, yeah, end, of February, January. end of January. End of January. You February. should come and interview some of the people. You must there. come. Seriously, I'm sure it. it'd be fun. What, what a show that and you, you know would what have it is. That. It's like I a different different time, quite literally. Uh, yeah. It sounds like. You think now you've got a bit of a hello, darling. Are you awake? Give me a kiss. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, you're 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 fine. <laughs> 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 
Sorry, lovely. Sorry, lovely. I have to give my my fellow compadre English people. Mm. <laughs> uh, bye, lovely. Bye. Okay, I look up here. See you tomorrow. It's I'm all gonna come about. Um, it's just all love. It's good. See you tomorrow. But no, it's uh, the winter dance party. When you, you think this is good, you come back there. Everybody's fifties, and yeah. I'm talking. You go back in time. We get here. We come to Clear Lake. We talk forty below sometimes. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. No. Oh, it is. Cool. It's it's unkind. But you get in there, yeah. and you are just transported back in time. Yeah. The, the, the fun we yeah. have. Yeah. And if nothing else happens, out this journey, the people we have met, the friends, Mark, you know, the friends we have made, lifelong friends. Yeah. Money can't buy that. Money no. cannot buy that. Mm. No, I think the, the the value that I think you guys bring to the community here, obviously, that you are doing this from a place that's purely in your heart and yes. your soul yeah, and your there's bones. No, yes. There's no, yes. I feel that there's Great. no ulterior motive. Thank you. No. It, it's just to, you know, the ultimate goal, obviously, is to get the bopper inducted. That's how it all started. Yeah. Um, but I, I think along the way. We want the movie to be out there so people know what this guy did. Yeah, you know, and then the rest will the rest will be history. If you know what I mean, if we if yep. he's in there, great. But at least this movie will be shown and people will be able to say, "Do you yep. remember the movie that program about the bopper?" You know, yeah. and this is what he did, the big bopper. And I didn't, you know, that to me is is still worth. Yeah, you know. Well, it's worth. It's you know, it's priceless. I'll say this, everybody that's listening. So. If you can't find their movie Bopper and me, look up Big Bopper. Find out more about him. Find out more about Clear Lake. Find out more about the tragedy of this plane crash that happened. Learn more about this stuff because the history here, it does matter. Obviously, the two gentlemen that are sitting across from me, it matters greatly to them, but it's for a good reason if you haven't picked that up already just from listening to the conversation. So, you guys, I really appreciate you being here. It was fascinating listening to you guys. I could easily record with you again. Thank you. Very easy to do. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's been great. Once we get him in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if we get him in, we'll do like a revisit or something like that. And like just talk all about the... Absolutely. Yes. We, we've loads to tell you, we, you know. Just but thank bu- you very just much. Just talk about all the copious amounts of gin. Am I? Am I? Copious amounts of gin. You know, after all the years you put in there, I think that might be worth it. Yeah. Great, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, honestly, though, guys, it, it, it's been great. Um, trying to think, I, I, I don't really have anything else other than that. This is a treat, and I appreciate all the work you guys are doing. Thank you, thank you very much. It's, been, appreciate it's been brilliant, and thank well. you for thank giving you. us the time to talk with you. In my own way, you know, it's a podcast. Obviously, people listen and whatnot, but I think these things matter. It makes a difference. Great. Even if you get five people that look into something, that's still numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you, you guys, know. look into this. We Definitely will. do it. Oh, we will. We'll talk with you. You know that. And you must get in touch with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yes. Just get those guys. J.P. Richardson <laughs> inducted. Thank yeah, you. I was going to say, Thank Big you. Bopper, J.P. Richardson. Yes. Look that up. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys.